Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome, as our guest today here in the studio, Greg Scambati, head of ESG Solutions at S-Network Global Indexes. They publish over 200 indexes, which are used as foundations for ETFs throughout the world. They have over $6 billion in these indexes. Greg, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you, Charlie. So, Greg, uh, you came out of Columbia University. You've been in the investment industry for over two decades, and you've been focused now for some time on ESG solutions to corporate sustainability. So give us a brief background of yours and S-Network to begin with, will you? Sure, yeah. Well, you know, starting uh, for, for me as a, as a registered investment advisor some time back, I, um, over time, found that I wanted to take um, take finance this step to the next level uh, and I didn't know that it would turn out to be uh, something called ESG but from a long time ago there was something called socially responsible investing and you know perhaps that's a distinction we can talk about a little later the uh, the fact that you can invest in a company and actually do good while you are making money is very appealing and it's a compelling story for those that are interested so I was uh, after being a retail investment advisor, an RIA, I was working with uh, a firm and helping f companies uh, with their corporate social responsibility. And when you take corporate social responsibility and finance, put it together and put them together, now you have uh, the the area of ESG investing or socially responsible investing. Now that's a little bit about me. Uh, I at S Network Global Indexes, I head up the ESG world and that includes developing custom indexes for clients that include ESG uh, indicators and criteria um, as well as managing the um, products that we create uh, particularly those that are in partnership with Thomson Reuters called uh, one is the Thomson Reuters S Network ESG best practices ratings which is a rating scheme that covers 6,000 companies that Thomson Reuters analysts look at and give them all a score from 0 to 100. So an investment analyst advisor can look at those companies and get a sense of how they are in terms of their corporate responsibility uh, as rated by ESG. Okay, so Greg, ESG standing for Environmental, Social, and Governance. And so if I were to summarize uh, what you guys do is you work with Thomson Reuters and they have this team that evaluates through publicly uh, available information, the environmental, the social, and the governance uh, efforts of each company, and they give them a score. And then your index identifies the ones with the 50% highest scores or 75%. Uh, they identify those with better scores. And then when other comp when people or, or, or other companies want to invest, they invest with this through this index where they have these higher scores. Is that basically what we're talking about? Yeah, that's one one approach to it. And indeed, you know, Thomson Reuters analysts, they have over 100, I understand, analysts, and they're looking for all this publicly available information that you, you mentioned. And then, you know, they provide us with that data. So we have a, a, a reliable, concrete data source in, in a global company. And then in conjunction with them, we created this rating scheme that 
I mentioned, uh, providing the scores for these companies. So now we can take a look at all these 6,000 companies, and yes, to create indexes. Uh, and some indexes do take the best performing companies in terms of ESG and, uh, in, in, and give them a, a higher weighting in an index or exclude others that don't have a high, you know, a respect, respectable rating in terms of ESG. But the indexes are usually created uh, for clients in, in terms of their specific needs uh, that could include uh, other factors that uh, perhaps are outside of the Thomson Reuters realm. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, indexes that in S Global, uh, that S Network Global Indexes has created uh, do include these uh, Thomson Reuters indicators exclusively. So give us an example or two of a client and uh, the kind of index that uh, you created. Yeah, well, I've just uh, been, we have been working uh, just now, uh, and we are still working with a client called New Day Impact Investing. Now, this is a, a, an organization or a firm that has developed a, an iOS app where you can, as a retail investor, go online, uh, download the app, go online, and uh, for a very small amounts, so this is uh, for, again, a retail investor, you know, invest in different types of um, of um, themes, uh, for example, the theme of gender equality, for which would uh, you know mean uh, companies that uh, are you know uh, very sensitive to uh, gender issues in terms of hiring uh, women uh, in management positions and in board representation, which are two very popular in, uh, ways of looking at it. The other, and and this is a uh, an index that uh, we created. Um, using a methodology uh, collaboratively with New Day Impact Investing. And um, this, ind this uh, index is, uh, uses a combination of, uh, of uh, data sources uh, that they've provided, and uh, we are now um, you know, happy to see this on their platform. Three other, three other uh, um, indexes, uh, two other indexes are also on the platform as a result of our work and one we've contributed to. Uh, one, that one is a, a carbon low carbon type of index. Uh, it's a little more, and this is a very intricate, you know, more uh, intricate conversation about, you know, carbon footprint and fossil fuels. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Think about climate change and, and companies. Uh, another one is uh, animal welfare, and that's looking at companies that are, you know, nice to animals. And that's, again, a very broad way to describe it. it um, and, and the last one would uh, be... Um, uh, companies that uh, I should say ocean sustainability and uh, fresh water um, and I'd love to talk some more about that but let, let me just keep the uh, keep my answer at that and uh, see where you want to go next okay so so I, I'm getting a picture here of what you guys do so you create these little niche indexes that where a company then interested in, in helping others to uh, invest in a particular way through ESG, they can take that niche and create an ETF from your index, and people can be comfortable and confident that uh, they're, they're being pro they're properly focusing. Whereas the company itself, they may know how to market these things, but they don't really know how to create the index, which is your and Thomson Reuters expertise. Is that basically the case? Yeah, that's right. I mean, an index is, uh, um, um, you know, it's, it's a it's a passive investment vehicle in most cases and almost exclusively and so you are taking a a methodology a rules-based methodology that's uh, repeatable and it's transparent uh, indexes are are published uh, are published so indexes are not um, regulated today but the, since they are published uh, you know you can do things like uh, show a back test of uh, of the um, 
companies in that index basket. Uh, and, you know, organizations that want to create, firms that want to create an ETF or an SMA or an other exchange-traded product uh, or, or mutual fund, again, ATP, uh, can uh, use that um, index and buy the stocks represented by it. And, uh, and there you have an investment. So, Greg, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, <clears throat> SRI, uh, Socially Responsible Investing, started, what, probably three three decades or so ago. And uh, just recently, uh, th- it, it has really started to blossom. We're, we're talking now the end of June uh, 2018. And just this last weekend, Barron's Magazine, which I have read for years uh, uh, religiously, the, on the front cover, they have Larry Fink of BlackRock, who uh, kind of surprised the whole investment world uh, recently with a letter to uh, companies that BlackRock owns and ask, telling them, hey, you need to have a social purpose. And uh, this is, still has some, uh, some degree of controversy here, but they had a special pullout section, half a dozen pages. They listed, by the way, uh, several people who are the most famous people in the uh, ESG arena, I didn't see your name there, but, you know, mine wasn't either, so uh, we can console each other here. But uh, ESG is really starting to take off. What are you seeing? Yeah, uh, without a doubt. And it's it continuing to grow as a... Um, you know, investment theme and uh, and certainly as uh, interest, uh, both on the, um, you know, investor side and, and also in corporations. And indeed, you know, in some, some would say, some were taken aback a little bit by uh, Larry Fink's letter uh, because of his call for socially responsible um, investing, if that's ex- not, not the exact words he used. But, you know, the, the point is, is that in, this is the largest asset owner in the world, and uh, they are investing, invested heavily in passive investments. And, um, you know, when, when uh, he talks about shareholder engagement, uh, there's an important reason for that as it relates to the investors, people holding those funds. And, uh, you, you know, if you consider that uh, and I think he, you know it may have been mentioned that companies that, for example, have uh, a risk of what's called the stranded asset of losing an asset that is now producing for them. Think about an oil well that goes dry, or think about a, a beverage company that's using water as a you know that natural resource to create the beverages. If that goes dry. Uh, well, that's a big problem for the company. It's a financial risk. It's a business risk. And what leads to that potentially is, and uh, science is showing that climate change and air issues with the environment uh, are certainly uh, affecting some of the availability of resources. So uh, what do you see as the major misperceptions, Greg, that most uh, investors and even advisors have about the ESG space? We still have, uh, there are still misperceptions that this is all about um, per- investing according to uh, values. It's still, it is to a great extent, but it goes beyond that. And I think, you know, the, the way to dispel that is to understand, um, understand ESG, and maybe this is a good time to start talking about some of the distinctions. Uh, understand ESG as a, uh, a financial tool. Uh, very much quantitative, using numbers, uh, that an investment analyst that Wall Street uses to identify risk in a corporation. Now, 
if you take that definition, uh, you can apply that to any type of investment, even the S&P 500, frankly. And, and there are indexes uh, that uh, take that approach, and S-Network has one that takes that approach as well, uh, looking at the top 500 companies and, you know, as you mentioned earlier, putting a, a weighting based upon some ESG values, their ESG values. But if you were to t- then uh, compare that to uh, what was called uh, and is still called socially responsible investing. Now you are. This is where you're t- taking a theme and investing to it. And that, as I said, it could it it could be um, uh, you know ocean sustainability and and water. Uh, but you know even uh, looking at this uh, closer, you can um, take your themes to be uh, ethical values, uh, religious values. You know it's still an important uh, approach to investing. And and in frankly the um, you know, having eliminating certain types of businesses from your portfolio is uh, a very very uh, common approach to any type of investing. Um, you know, think about um, the move of uh, moving gun manufacturers out of portfolios is recently very uh, looked at very very uh, highly in terms of uh, some of these uh, large investment managers and I should say endowments and such. Uh, that's ju- just one example. So, uh, you know, the distinction there between SRI and ESG is one that if you think about risk and ESG as risk, then it's not uh, as uh, much of that green tree-hugging, bunny-loving investment that uh, we really had uh, back in, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. So, so tell us, let's talk about returns here. Okay. I mean, let's face it, these are investments, as you certainly know and told about all the time, I'm sure. So, um, you know, you take out tobacco, all right, tobacco has been a very good returner for uh, investors, okay? I've never smoked in my life. My father died of uh, cancer, okay, from tobacco. But, you know, I I don't love tobacco companies, Mm -hmm. okay? But there is a case to be made, not that I'm making it or would make it, but that, uh, you know, you invest for return. Um, you know, alcohol companies, not today, but in the past, have uh, been profitable, etc. Uh, and and uh, gambling companies, etc., which are typically the ones who are first on the list to get screened out. So, what have they found about returns with companies in ES- screening for ESG? Do people have to give up good returns in order to invest in ways that they would consider to be socially responsible? Well, the answer is no, and there's strong research uh, supporting that. Uh, not only are returns uh, at least as good as they are without an ESG uh, type of overlay or integration into your portfolio, um, but uh, in some cases you can look at this really as a way to minimize or mitigate some risk or reduce some risk. So a couple of examples, and let's just go back to tobacco for a moment, Charlie. You know, if if yeah, sure, tobacco companies uh, were successful, but if we looked at uh, some years ago when the 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 trend and and the cultural and social changes in the United States uh, were to stop smoking, uh, you know, if we saw that as an ESG or social issue and invested along with that, uh, then we would have been making some uh, changes to our investment portfolio, uh, our investments because of uh, um, well. There were people, fewer people buying cigarettes. And so, you know, there's a sense where, you know, these, this type of an investing uh, uh, 
approach or awareness is, you know, a very good one in terms of the returns. You know, the other thing is looking at firms from um, a governance perspective. And if you just take a look at uh, the G and ESG, uh, this looks at several aspects of a company. Um, some of them are more of the along the lines of that social ish, uh, side, where a, a G uh, indicator and the governance scoring would uh, look at the number of women on the on the board. In the and and the reason they're doing that is not so much because they are uh, addressing a mandate. You know, having diverse opinions is in a boardroom is shown to have a, be a positive effect in a company's uh, decision making and so that can go in fact beyond women but I mean if you look at the governance score just this is now a classic example and it's one anyone can relate to uh, the company Volkswagen uh, as you probably all know is uh, was um, uh, impacted hugely by its emissions scandal now while we can say this was uh, um, breaking the law um, you know the company lost a third of its value but I looked at their uh, G scores and subsequently many others have as well that is their governance scores going back seven years prior to the day of this this scandal broke and their governance scores were very low and and so there was an indicator there for someone who was incorporating an ESG approach to their portfolio, at least in analyzing it, uh, whereas they may have uh, eliminated that from their portfolio. In fact, uh, because of that, uh, Volkswagen was not in some of the indexes uh, that we did, we uh, have calculated uh, at S Network. And um, you know, there's a, a perfect example of how uh, you you can also uh, you know Im improve your outcomes by eliminating some of the negatives. So, uh, Greg, a question we like to ask is, what's the best advice you ever heard, read, or received about investing? Well, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, the old buy and hold is a, is a strong, I think, and very, very relative uh, type of advice today. Uh, and, and it, you know, comes directly from what uh, Larry Fink is saying, <laughs> as you mentioned, long-termism. And, um, you know, it, this also, not only uh, do you uh, uh, avoid the ups and downs of markets, and, uh, but you're, you're also making a, a contribution, you know, potentially to, um, to um, you know, the long-termism of corporation, which could have impacts, positive impacts in society. So, um, you know, I, that's perhaps one of them. Um, okay, well, well Greg, uh, who are the uh, clients, buyers of... Um uh, of your indexes uh, and and who who is really moving in the direction of ESG investing these days is it just the big endowments are there more and more from retail investors are advisors coming on board uh, who is is getting on the the uh, ESG train here yeah to agree, uh, you know everyone is and at different rates uh, so uh, from uh, the uh, in the from a retail advisor point of view we talk all the time about uh, the um, millennial investor, uh, those that are investing uh, today and tomorrow and those that will be inheriting wealth from the baby boomers, having an interest in this type of an investment theme that is uh, aligning their uh, values with their investments. And of course, everyone wants to make sure that they can uh, have a good good retirement savings and that there's a positive growth, et cetera, and it's uh, market uh, com comparative, comparative to the market, but um, 
now when you look at you know this this is a good this leads to um, the fund the fund creators ETF manufacturers some of the large and investment uh, mutual fund companies uh, they're taking steps in that direction also now it's true that assets aren't growing as quick as you know those who uh, would like this in the industry in the ESG realm would like to see them grow and there are, there are statistics showing that it's still a small part of the industry you know but what we are all aware of is that at some point you know the approach to taking a look at a at an investment with an ESG lens is just going to be integrated into the entire process so right now the opportunity is to get out is to look for alpha by uh, taking some of these uh, these skills and and uh, approaches um, before uh, they are just integrated into the entire investment process. So across the board, whether you're talking about an, an ETF uh, mutual fund uh, manufacturer, or retail investor, endowments uh, are clearly still looking at this. Again, it's not overwhelming in all cases, but there's, there's, uh, there's a good growth uh, in all these areas. Okay, great, great question we'd like to ask all of our guests. What keeps you awake at night? Uh, well, you know... Uh, <laughs> If you're if you're waiting for me to say uh, that you know the that the the world will exceed two degrees warming and <laughs> and and we'll have tsunamis and it's not that <laughs> so make that clear um, you know the um, one interesting and this is one interesting uh, professional area that uh, that I find and you know. I, keeping me awake probably is, you know, not, I don't want to exaggerate this, but it is an important one, is the availability of some of the ESG data for some of these, uh, some of these approaches, some of these interests. So, uh, you know, for an example, uh, for example, the, you know, looking at animal welfare and you know, th what this means is these are, you know, if you want to invest in companies that uh, do not use animals for research uh, or, or are, uh, you know, if they're a pet, company that they take care of their their anim animals in a uh in a in a way that's both legal and uh kind and and and, and if you're uh, concerned about uh, whether or not your uh your meat products and dairy products are um are be are coming from um uh stock that is um you know heavily um uh injected with antibiotics for example uh then you know that information is um it's available historically, but no, no. It's in some cases it's not available historically, uh, and, and this is the this is the the issue. If you want to take uh, an investment portfolio, an index, and back test it, and and be accurate in terms of how these companies were performing in relationship to these ESG areas, some that are a little more obscure or new, or new uh, you know, you may not have that data going backwards. And it makes it difficult to really represent it, um, to publish an index uh, that is uh, representative of the past if the data wasn't there. So, again, not keeping you, uh, keeping me awake, uh, certainly not, but <laughs> it's one of those areas of uh, professionally that we find very challenging and I think it's a good answer so uh, for those who would like to know more your website and contact information yeah the website is uh, s network uh, s <laughs> snglobalindexes.com and uh, what was your and any contact information somebody'd like um, you know a, a voice that is familiar here. yeah sure Greg Scambati and you can reach me at g s g a m b a t i 
at etsnetworkinc.com. Okay. We're in New York, near the Empire State Building. Okay, thank you. So final words for our listeners here, Greg. Yeah, final words. You know, this this theme, uh, you know, this is, this is, we can consider this an alternative investment. And, you know, I mean, if you want. Um, but I think what we're finding is that, you know, this will be an integrated, and it is becoming an integrated part of an investment uh, process. And I think that, you know, everyone, many people want to look at their portfolios and, and their retirement savings. And, you know, we certainly want to have, uh, you know, the best return possible market, uh, market-based, compare it to a broad market benchmark, exceed that. Uh, but, you know, take a look at what you're doing and consider making some investments um, in, if you want to call it this alternative area. Uh, you don't have to put your whole, you don't have to put everything in an ESG or SRI type of investment. Uh, but clearly, if you have some sensitivity here, uh, look at it, talk to a professional, talk about the fact that you could, uh, you know, potentially identify some opportunities. And, uh, you know, if I can just say opportunities are a part that really should have been, uh, that I would, you know, would really like to have covered a little more. And, and, and for example, uh, do I have a moment Please, here? Please, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Opportunities could be, for if you look at uh, fossil fuel companies, um, you know fossil fuel reserves uh, will ex- will expire, and uh, again leading to a stranded asset. Uh, people are will be dri- apparently we look we see uh, fewer drivers. Uh, people will Uber. We may have we will have electric cars, and so if you're uh, if you're a um, if you're not looking at renewable energy and you're a fossil fuel producer, you're missing um, you're missing an opportunity. If you look at Volkswagen, Volkswagen's taking now a very big push into electric vehicles. And sure, they have reasons to do that from a public uh, publicity, and not publicity, but from a reputational perspective. But I think it's a good business decision. And GE, even though it's just dropped out of the Dow, made its mark in these areas. So uh, look for innovative opportunities. Make that a part of your portfolio. And don't be afraid of the ESG SRI theme uh, in, in investing. All right. Well, Greg, thank you very much uh, for those words. And uh, the environment, uh, the social opportunities, and the governance of corporations, certainly important issues in the business world moving forward. So thank you for joining us today. You're welcome, Charlie. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. Again, we've been talking with Greg Zgambati, head of ESG Solutions at S Network Global Indexes out of New York. He's been here with us here in the studio, which we always appreciate. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. You can contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. Thank you for joining us. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host Charlie Wright or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. 